Welcome to the Food Life Podcast. You are about to hear easy to prepare and fun to serve recipes plus cooking tips paired with real conversation about the issues we face every day. It's food and life. And now, here's your host, Donna Britt. Welcome to episode 11, View from the Top. This episode was inspired by a trip up to the 86th floor observatory of the Empire State Building. I was recently in New York City with my creative partner, food photographer, social media guru, Tanvi Lane, and she and I got to New York on a Tuesday evening, and we decided that we wanted to take a nighttime ride up the elevator to the 86th floor observatory. And while we were up there looking around and seeing the beautiful lights of the city in every direction, um, it reminded me of how important it is to sometimes get some altitude so that we can see the forest for the trees. So that's the inspiration of this podcast. And we're going to talk about how you can get some altitude in your life with some real life examples as usual. Also, I'll share some lessons from the hawk because as I was walking with my dog Gus and mulling over some ideas for this podcast, I looked up and there were three three red-tailed hawks circling around the neighborhood. And I did a little research and um, found out some things about the hawk and what we can learn from the hawk, because I do like to bring nature into things when I can. Also, I'm going to head into the kitchen in just a little bit, and we're going to make some homemade empanadas. Because also, while we were in New York, we stopped by the famous casual Latin joint called Empanada Mama in Hell's Kitchen in New York City. And we picked up a bag of some delicious empanadas and we walked to Central Park. And as we were walking through the park and enjoying all of that that was going on, we sat on a bench in Strawberry Fields Forever and we had an empanada picnic. And these little hot, I call them uh, Latin Hot Pockets, easy to make really and I did it with ingredients I had on hand at home. So we're going to get into that as well as talk about getting some altitude in our lives. So here we go back to that nighttime ride up the elevator to the 86th floor observatory of the Empire State Building. There are 102 floors in that building, but the 102nd floor lookout was closed when we were there. But trust me, 86 floors is high enough. <laughs> and that observatory is the highest open air observatory in New York. On a clear day, you can see six states total. You can see all the way to and through and across six different states. And the nighttime trip up there was just incredible. I love looking at city lights at night anyway, but to be up that high and get that nighttime view and and walk around up there in the quiet was just amazing. You could see the Statue of Liberty down in the harbor and 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 you can see some beautiful pictures at foodlifepod.com that Tambi took. Just incredible. And As I was up there reflecting that evening, just soaking up the view and uh, being quiet and walking all the way around, I got to thinking about how sometimes a change of scenery can really do your soul good, and especially if you get some altitude. So 
up that high, it just switches everything. You look down and you see the cars and they're little bitty matchbox cars. You can see people. You can see into windows. But everything looks different from that high up. It's just like if you've ever been to the Grand Canyon and you're standing there and you're looking down into this canyon and it just... It just changes everything. It shifts your perspective. It reminds you, number one, how small you are Hmm. and how all of my, you know, big problems really in the big picture are maybe not so big. And it also reminded me of how important it is to get some altitude on life sometimes and on life situations so that we can see the forest for the trees. That idiom is, is of old English origin, so that saying has been around for a really, really long time, and it means to be so involved in the details that you don't notice what is important about the whole thing or about the big picture. Think about that for a second, because I've been thinking about it a lot. How many times in my life have I, or do I still, <laughs> get so wrapped up in something that's happening? Maybe it's um, something at work that's bugging you and you just are grinding on it. Or maybe it's a something that you disagree on, a, disagree, a, a disagreement with a person, whether it's a coworker or somebody in your family or a friend, and you'll just grind on it and think about it and argue about it and be all tangled up in the mess. But if you can zoom out a little bit, rise above it a little bit and look at it, sometimes you'll notice, you'll find out, you'll discover that, oh, well, in the big picture, does that really matter? Is that important? Is that something that I really want to put my energy into? That's the question. (laughs) That's the question to ask. I remember so many specific times in my life where I haven't been able to see the forest for the trees. I've been down there chopping on a tree and maybe spinning around and throwing a fit and being upset about something. And then somehow or another, through grace, usually, I am able to zoom out a little bit and see like, oh my gosh, well, really... Really, that doesn't matter that much. Maybe I can let that go. Or maybe it's not something to let go. Maybe it's something to say how you feel, confront it, but then realize that there's so much more and just shift your energy, shift your focus a little bit. That can make a really, really big difference. I kept asking myself the question, how do you get some altitude in in life situations? How do you do it? I thought I thought about this for days and days and days. I woke up thinking about it. I went to bed thinking about it. And I thought, gosh, I don't I don't know if I even know. And then I made myself think about, okay, so when I've been so wrapped up in something that I haven't been able to see the bigger picture, what what's happened that's helped me zoom out and see the bigger picture. And these are the things that I realized for myself uh, had happened. So I, I want to share them in the hopes that they'll help you a little bit too. Number one, stop, be quiet, and maybe even quit talking. That's my big thing, that sometimes I just won't hush up about something. If something's bothering me or I'm going around with somebody, I just want to keep explaining myself or, or or explaining the situation. And I really have to quit talking in order to get a new perspective. The second thing, take note of how you feel and accept those feelings. So maybe you really are upset. Maybe you really are sad and all that's okay. 
allow those feelings to come through you. And if you quit talking long enough, (laughs) the feelings usually come up. Maybe you need to cry. Maybe you need to grieve. Maybe you need to stomp around. You know, maybe you need to go to the gym and, 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 and hit something, you know, do some boxing. Whatever it is, allow those feelings to come out to be be present with you and accept those feelings. Speaking of acceptance, number three, accept what you can't change or control. Yeah, I know it. It's it's hard to do. It really is. It, it, it gets easier the more you practice. But there are some things that you can't control, like maybe how another person is behaving or reacting. So accept that. Okay, well, that's their reaction. Okay, you don't have to talk about it. You don't have to argue about it. You don't have to do anything except say to yourself, okay, I can't control that. Number four, forgive yourself if there's something, maybe you're being hard on yourself about something. Forgive yourself. Be kind and gentle to yourself and then forgive whomever else might be involved if that's called for. And usually a little bit of forgiveness doesn't hurt. (laughs) I would say forgiveness is almost always called for, especially of yourself. Number five, imagine yourself. Okay, don't laugh at this. I do this and it really helps. It works. Imagine yourself zooming up, literally zooming up into the clouds, zooming up on an airplane, zooming up to the 86th floor observatory of the Empire State Building into the stars, you're up there. And when you're up there, look down on this problem or this issue that's bothering you or that you've been hung up in. Look at it from that altitude. How does it look? Does it look silly? Does it look important? Does it look like something you need to keep being upset about? Or does it look like something maybe not as big of a deal? Only you know the answer. But to physically imagine yourself Maybe it's just climbing up in a tree. (laughs) If you like to climb trees as a kid, imagine that. You're up in the tree. You're looking down. You're seeing this person down at the bottom of the tree throwing a fit. Do you really want to be down there throwing a fit with them or not? And finally, and maybe most importantly, ask your heart, what really matters here? What really matters? And once you have that answer, it will come to you if you'll be quiet long enough. Really, it will. Go from there. Okay, go from there. Now let's go on to the hawk, the hawks, the red tail hawks that I saw zooming around the neighborhood. First of all, I was kind of surprised to see them in a town, you know, urban setting, but there they were. And I thought, wow, the hawk, hawks are so beautiful. Whenever I'm driving somewhere, I always will see a big hawk sitting up in the top of a tree or on a fence post. And I'm always thinking about, wow, they are looking down. They can see a little mouse down there in the field and they can zoom down and get it. We have to be able to learn something from the hawk. What can we learn from the hawk? First of all, opening up to the power of observation. The hawk is so observant. That's how they live. That's how they eat. They have to have such keen eyesight, keen observatory skills (laughs) so that they can actually eat. So open up to that. Observing. Just observing, which usually means being quiet, mm, hushing your mouth, mm, I'm talking to myself here, and really observing what's going on, what's going on around you, what's going on with the other people or parties involved. 
the next thing we can learn from the hawk is let others think and behave how they see fit. You behave and think how you see fit and let everybody else think and behave how they see fit. We may not like how they're thinking and behaving. They may not like how we're thinking or behaving. But that's the deal. We're allowed to think and behave how we want, just like they're allowed to think and behave how they want. Which leads us to taking care of our own emotional baggage first before anything else. We're all guilty of this. We want to right the wrongs of the world and tell everybody else what to do and overparent our kids, especially when they're older. Uh, I'm not talking about when they're babies necessarily, but we want to overparent them and tell them what they need to do with their lives, but we're not really taking care of our own. So it's important that we take care of our own stuff first, because if you do that, if you stop and be quiet and observe, let somebody uh, react or behave however they want and you're looking inside yourself going like okay yeah what is it that I'm I'm sort of guilty of if you want to use that word or what am I doing here that maybe I need to work on it's amazing what can happen and finally this is so huge this is so this was so huge for me when it hit me when I was reading about the spirit of hawk and the hawk animal and the hawk uh, just reading about the hawk and doing some studying for this podcast When I read this, and then I wrote it down, I was just blown away because I just had never heard it before, never thought about it before. But here we go. All gifts are equal in the eyes of the creator or great spirit or whatever you want to refer to as that higher power. All gifts are equal. Really? I'm pretty sure, I was pretty sure that my gift of patience and all this, that, and the other had to be superior (laughs) to somebody else's gift of whatever it was. And that was hard for me to admit. I thought, wow, really? So you have the gift of um, maybe tolerance. I have the gift of patience. Somebody else maybe has the gift of productivity, whatever it is. But their gift is equal to mine, is equal to yours. So all gifts are equal. And as I have been thinking about that, every time I get frustrated with somebody or frustrated with a situation, I think, okay, 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 stop it. Stop for a second. Be quiet. Their gift of fill in the blank is just as important as my gift of fill in the blank. So if that's true, gosh, (laughs) I should be kind and have regard, right? And be tolerant. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, think about that one. I have been thinking about that so frequently since I first read that and since I wrote it down and I started, I guess, kind of meditating on it, um, just thinking about how I could incorporate that into my life and then where that leaves me. Maybe not. Maybe it leaves me in not complaining so much about others and how they're, you know, letting me down in some way or another, you know. Because uh, if their gift is just as valuable and just as important as mine, then I should be honoring that and vice versa, right? And I certainly think that ties in with getting some altitude on the situation. Because sometimes if we can remove ourselves, and if you need to physically remove yourself, like I do sometimes, that's okay. Go climb your, you know, metaphorical tree or whatever, remove yourself Stand up, look down, see the situation, see all of the parties involved, try to really think about what each person brings to the table as in their gift, and then see if that doesn't 
help you get some altitude and shift your perspective on whatever the situation is. Now, this doesn't mean that sometimes we can't be down there at ground level (laughs) having a battle that we need to have because, of course, we do have to do that sometimes, too. So when I was a teenager, I would listen to the radio on the weekends, and I would listen to Casey Kasem's American Top 40. Back then, that's how we found out about new music, because there wasn't, you know, the internet and, and online and Pandora and all of the ways that people find out about new music. Now you listened to the Top 40 and Casey Kasem. And I would say that he was one of my early mentors even though I never met him in person, in my early broadcasting career, because I just loved his show. I loved the way he did it. And he would sign off every week by saying, keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. That really impacted me. And I loved that. I loved hearing that every week. I was inspired by it. And what I would like to say is, don't just keep reaching for the stars, but every once in a while, fly up into the stars Be in the stars, be way up in the atmosphere and look down and get some altitude on your life. I think it will help you be more lighthearted. It will help you see the forest (laughs) Uh, instead of just focusing on the trees and getting lost down there in the underbrush. We're going to move into the kitchen now and talk empanadas because I had some empanadas in New York from this awesome place in Hell's Kitchen called Empanada Mama. It's a casual Latin joint. They're famous. They have more than 40 different flavors of empanadas. The place was founded by Socrates Nanus, and as far as I know, he's still there, and he's famous for saying big flavors and small packages because an empanada, it's a Latin American Street food, basically, a little pastry, which is baked or fried, and it's stuffed with meat and cheese or veggies. It can even be sweet, so it can be savory or sweet. Uh, The name comes from empanar, which is Spanish, which means to bake in pastry. It's very popular throughout Latin and South America, and most likely it originated in Spain. So they go way, 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 way back. I think every culture has some kind of version of dough and meat, (laughs) you know, a calzone, a burrito, um, whatever. So this is a, a little portable meal. I call it a Latin American hot pocket. The empanadas that Tambi and I grabbed from Empanada Mama and ate in uh, Central Park were delicious. We had the reggaeton, which was a Caribbean-style roast pork with sofrito yellow rice and pigeon peas. We had a spicy chicken, which was chicken with a special picante sauce. Empanadas can be made with wheat flour or corn flour. And what I decided to do um, the day that I was experimenting in the kitchen... I had some masa, some corn flour left over from something I made a long time ago, and I tried to whip up a dough with that, with some masa and water and salt, but they were I couldn't get them to fold over. Like I couldn't get the right texture. They were crumbling on me. So I then switched over and I tried out a couple of different recipes made with flour. Um, and it's similar to a pie pastry. I used flour and salt. Um, A little bit of white vinegar, which softens the dough. Also an egg, and you don't always put an egg in a a pie pastry, but sometimes you do. And um, you basically just, just mix that up, knead it a little bit, let it chill out in the fridge for an hour or up to 24 hours. And then you pinch off little pieces and roll them into little round circles, maybe like a four, four inch circles. 
you put a little bit of filling in the middle, you uh, crimp it, you can do it with your hands, you can do it with a fork, so you have a little crescent-shaped or half-moon-shaped um, empanada, and you can fry them in a little bit of oil or deep-fry them, or you can bake them in the oven. You can uh, wipe some egg wash on them and bake them. So I baked some, and I fried some <laughs> just to see which texture I like, and we have some pictures online at foodlifepod.com. And the other thing, too, that I think is important is, you know, you can get fancy, and you can go get chorizo, and you can get all of these different ingredients, and you can find all kinds of recipes online. But I decided to just see what I had in my freezer and my fridge and my pantry. So I actually had some roasted pork from this pork ro- roast that um, we had made a while back, a month or so ago. So it was like shredded pork roast, okay? So I got that out of the freezer and I defrosted it and I chopped it up into uh, even more. Even though it was shredded, I went ahead and chopped it up. And then I had some jerk seasoning that somebody had given me as a gift. And if you don't have any jerk seasoning on hand, you can you can make some up. I have a jerk seasoning recipe at foodlifepod.com too. And then I took a couple of carrots. I, uh, I diced them, small dice. I took one potato, peeled it, diced it up, pretty small dice, and about a third of an onion, a white onion, and diced that as well. I browned all of that in a little bit of oil in a skillet, the potatoes, the onion, and the carrot. And I sprinkled it with my jerk seasoning that I had. And then I stirred in my chopped up shredded pork loin, stirred it all together. Okay, heated it all up, softened it all up. And then I set it aside to cool. I also stirred in just a couple of probably two or three tablespoons of crumbled Mexican cheese, and you could do whatever. You could use pepper jack. You can use whatever kind of cheese you have on hand. The point is to use what you have on hand because I believe that most street foods and most cultures started from what people had on hand. And I'm pretty sure the first empanadas that were made were made from leftover things that people had on hand. They just made up a little dough because everybody had corn flour or flour, made up a quick dough, rolled it out, put in whatever filling they had from whatever they had left over from dinner or breakfast yesterday. And you can get the recipe online at foodlifepod.com. You could serve it with some salsa, avocado, um, you can picante sauce, whatever kind of um, Mexican or Hispanic or Latin American flavors that you like, you can do. You could make a little avocado crema to dip it in. But you can see the empanada mama, beautiful empanadas, <laughs> out of this world empanadas. You can see those pictures. But then you can also see the pictures of the ones that we made in the kitchen here at home. And um, just try it. Sometimes I think it's a little intimidating to try um, something from another culture that maybe you just aren't used to making or you didn't grow up eating so you're not really sure how it's supposed to turn out but here's the thing if you're just using what you have on hand if you if you don't like the way it turns out well you don't have to eat it you know what I mean so I'm saying why not whip up some empanadas for a snack or lunch grab a handful of them climb up into your treehouse and get a little altitude and hopefully lighten your day or maybe just enhance a relationship or two, okay? <laughs> just an idea. All right, I'll talk to you later and get, get the recipes as usual and see all the great pictures that Tambi took in New York at foodlifepod.com. Foodlife.